Hey there, this is Coffee with the Sarlos. What's wrong? Give it a minute. What are we doing? Good morning. This is not Coffee with the Sarlos, this is Sips of Sanity. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently I don't know the difference between my two podcast shows. (laughs) We'll use the excuse that it's Monday. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... This is our third month doing Sips of Sanity. We are beginning the month um, with five days of mini podcasts discussing one topic and just kind of little little shorter ones for you. If it's, you know, keeping you company on your way to work or on your 15 minute break, then that's that's perfect. So what are we what are we doing this month? Emotional intelligence. Okay, that's something we hammer home a lot. It sure is in our regular show, Coffee with the Sarlos. Okay, so let's get fired. <laughs> let's go. Um, I'm not sure if that was a shameless plug or if that was just like a, I'm trying to get it straight still in my own mind. Yeah, a little bit of both maybe. Okay. <laughs> but probably the latter. <laughs> sure. Okay. Anybody in menopause will vote for me that it was the second. <laughs> sure. Okay, um, emotional intelligence. I have, we have, well, you and I sat down, we came up with a list of different things. Yeah. So within the five days, we're just jamming this. Okay. And we understand that we're jamming it. So here we go. So you want to pick two today? Yeah. Okay. So well, we're just giving examples of different kinds of ways that you can practice emotional intelligence. Okay, let's start with active listening. Okay. Is that good? Yeah, Let's for des- sure. Let's describe it, Kelly. Sure. Um, and you know what? I'm, this is going to be kind of lame. I'm going to say you can Google this. Um, this is not brand new information. This is not revolutionary. Uh, you can really break it down into manageable pieces uh, and sort of be able to check off whether or not you're doing a good job of this. And I don't think that's as easily done in the in the next episodes that'll be following this one. So active listening is a great place to start. Um, so examples of this are not interrupting. Um, so when when someone has the floor, you're not interrupting with a comment. You're not even interrupting with a hmm, mm-hmm, um, because even those sounds are disruptive to the thought process of the speaker. You're trying mm-hmm. to practice it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's kind of one of the first things because you're really giving that other person the floor and letting them know that it's the, it's their time. Uh, and that they're not feeling rushed, right? Yep. Go ahead. Act. Um, eye contact. Yep. Um, some people who are avoiders or who want control and manipulation in a conversation use their eyes and facial expressions as part of the listening process to gain control over another person, mm-hmm. to hurt them, to dominate them, or to make them feel less than power over meaning that if I give you, if I won't look at you, then you don't feel good about what you say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you question yourself. I'm going to make you feel that you're not as good as me or as important as me or as intelligent as me. Right. There's a lot that goes on in a whole conversation just with eyes or lack of eyes. I'm, I'm also going to throw in too much eyes. Sure. Because there are quite a few people that I know who... Um, by nature have very pronounced eyes and I think that's fair like I've got very small ones so even when I make them wide they don't look very big Um, but some people will stare at you the entire time not blinking and create an intensity with the eyes that you as the listener are not meant to break contact that I am speaking um, and and it becomes a form of control over as well. I had a treatment with a dad and his eight-year-old daughter 
and it was for the daughter. As I'm speaking to the eight-year-old daughter, asking her questions, he's staring at her, won't blink, won't look at me. Mm -hmm. That's an entire, and through a whole half hour. So without diving too much into that one, um, soft eyes, relaxed eyes. uh, And we talk about this in in yoga a lot uh, with Mm -hmm. a relaxed gaze or a soft gaze. Um, where, you know, blink normally (laughs) you can, your eyes can wander for two seconds and come back, but there's, there's a gentleness to it. Well, when somebody looks at you and they won't blink and they're straining their eyes to stay wide and open looking at you, that's a message Mm -hmm. that, and, and I, as I said to you, eyes can be used to control another person, Mm -hmm. even by making them question themselves or not understand why you're staring at them in that way. Mm -hmm. So now instead of making your point, you're being drawn into asking them what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. Which brings it back to them. Right. Can I throw out another one? Yeah. Um, And perhaps you want to interject as well, and that's just fine. Uh, One of the ones I really like is repeating back what you have heard. And so this happens once the person is done speaking, obviously. And there are very kind ways that you can ask a person are you done? Without making them feel like, are you done? Um, Same words, different tone of voice, different intention. So when you have confirmed that that person has finished what they would like to say, um, you can repeat back to them what you've heard and ask them, have I understood this properly? So you can repeat it back word for word as a form of showing that you've listened. You can also paraphrase it um, to say, you know, have I understood this correctly? And that's when clarification gets to happen before the conversation moves forward with any kind of assumptions on either one of your parts, because even the speaker can assume that they spoke clearly um, and explaining themselves well, and they may not have. So that role as an active listener can really be a huge help in being able to say, you know, on the speaker's part, whoa, I really didn't word that well. Let me try again. I'm going to go with um, one of my favorite Uh, observing your own emotions in the conversation as you're listening, Hmm. being aware of what you feel, being aware of if what they're saying or their body language or their tone of voice causes um, anxiety, sadness, anger, um, happiness, confusion, but to be aware of what your emotions are before you respond. Mm -hmm. So that if you, if you do feel something that's uncomfortable you might be able to begin before you even answer them or address what they've said by identifying how it made you feel first. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes then that's where the conversation can go before the work gets done about what the conversation's actually about. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is that a good one? Yeah. Okay. Did you? I, now, I know we have a whole list, so I didn't want to spend the whole 10 to 15 minutes on active listening. I knew I know oh. you wanted to bring up another one, too. Um, so can I can we stay with active listening? Yeah, though? sure. Like I was checking in. Oh, that but that was going to be one of the ones I, it, it is on the list, but it does become part of active listening hmm. in, in a different way than other ways that you can check in with somebody. But as you like, to me, an active listening, you're checking in with yourself, mm-hmm. and you're checking in with the other person. So your own emotions, and then also checking in with the other person's emotions. So validation, mm-hmm. being able to validate your own and validate the others. And they may be two completely different emotions. 
Yeah, and I th- I think this is neat because assumptions can uh, can also come into this part. So when you're clarifying, like you're saying, you're checking in. Um, if I'm repeating back what you've said, and I say, and I'm understanding that you're upset about that, you could turn around and say, at no point did I say I was upset. I was telling you facts. And so while I think I've done a good job of evaluating how that might make you feel, because I've observed how it made me anxious, um, we get to sit down and say, no, no. Kelly got anxious. Karen's Karen's just seeing it for what it is. I think there are many men out there that could thank us right now. Well, and yeah, and women, because I think oh, yeah. humans are equally terrible at this. Yes, B- but breaking down communication. So, and, and I mean, I say that about men in two ways. One, where sometimes they're not being asked what they feel, or they feel that they're not allowed to express it. And that has to do with society and stuff. Mm-hmm. But where in a proper conversation where they're being very deeply listened to, mm-hmm. they feel safe enough and they have enough time. And that's the next next quality of a good conversation and an active listener. And I, this is what I love about you is that you have to know that you have the time to engage in the conversation. So if somebody comes up and they might be upset about something. I need to know if I have the time to be able to listen. So you come up to me and mm. say, Mom, um, I, need to t- I need to talk to you about something. And I might say to you in response to that, um, is it something that is just a minute or two? And you might go, no, and know that there's yeah. going to be a conversation. And then you would say to me, so when do you have time? Mm-hmm. And this is something I love, because then even in that conversation to set up an- another conversation, you're being respectful of my time because sometimes I think people really do want to be really good listeners and then they get strapped in, I'm out of time. And because of that, their response, their emotions are not read well. Right. And sometimes they're not even delivered well because in, because they don't take the moment to, to assess themselves, to say, I don't have the time, and then to verbalize it by saying, I would be happy to hear this. I can't right now, I can in two days from now on Sunday morning at 10am. And being able to give that as their time to sit down and really engage in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Those are Good. things we practice all the time. Well, and I have to break down some of our conversations to think about what goes into being a good listener. Because I I didn't have these in relationships in my life earlier. It was after you went through working at Lululemon. And I'll say studying psychology to some degree, because that was all going on at the same time for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And moving out of town and us having conversations over the phone a lot for for four to five years, that my ability to be a good good listener, a, a, um, a heartfelt listener, a compassionate listener changed and grew. And through that, I really listened to Um, how you listened without interrupting. I hadn't had that before in my family um, or friends. Um, People interrupted each other. And I think when we watch TV, we see that a lot. When we listen to radio talk shows, if there's two announcers, they interrupt each other. And it's seen as the way to communicate. Mm -hmm. It's almost seen as this is comedy, this is funny, it's entertaining, it's fast, and it's not. It's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of. Is that good for today? Yeah, that's fine. Are we around our 10 minutes for them? Yeah, just over. 
Oh, then let's end it at that and we'll join them again tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Bye for now.